Don't worry, Steve. It'll be all right. Hey everyone, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, modding, breaking, playing, reviewing. <laughs> you lost Shoot. it. Shoot. The guitar <laughs> buying, selling, f- fixing, breaking, trading. Nope. Good grief. <laughs> the guitar buying, hold on, hold the on. The guitar buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, and playing podcast. Man, you got it. I did it. It's you burned it. in, it's burned in my brain. Now I've burned it into everyone else's brains. Hey, Steve. Hey, Ryan. Brett Johnson wants to know, what do you wish you knew before you bought your first tube amp? I mean, we could apply this to all sorts of gear. We could say, what do you wish you knew before you bought your first guitar? What do you wish you knew before you bought your first pedals? Right. You know, before I bought my my first tube amp, I wish I would have known. Actually, so this is, this is going to sound kind of dumb. Almost. I feel like I wish I would have known more about guitar pedals. Hmm. That's a good point because, because it's like, like you buy an amp and it does certain things. You're like, I need an amp that does these things. And you don't realize that maybe you could do those things with pedals yeah. instead. You don't I, need the amp I to do those things. I don't think I had, uh, I guess my first overdrive pedal, I'm going to get back to the amp thing. Sure, sure. So gonna, my first overdrive pedal was um, the Visual Sound Jekyll and Hyde, which is a great I remember you having really, that thing. Which is really good. You had one of the um, old school ones too. Yeah, the one that looked like home plate. <laughs> Perfect um, for you. And uh, th- that was a really cool pedal. But I think once I had that pedal, it basically meant that I didn't have a reason to own a 40 watt two channel right. tube amp anymore. Because the my first tube amp was a Fender Hot Rod Deluxe. And I tried... I'll, I never tried the volume in line trick uh, to like tame it in the effects loop. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did like buy an attenuate, like an L pad style attenuator for it. I cranked it as far down as it could go without being silent. And it was still like still that allowed me to take that amp from two to like two and a half mm-hmm. because I probably reduced the wattage from like 40 to like 10 and the reality is is like a 10 watt tube amp is still loud through a decent like not great but like a decent 12 inch speaker is still crazy loud yeah i mean i've got that five watt harmony back there and it's it's still enough to upset the family if i yeah, yeah, yeah. if i cranked it you know and it sounds dumb but it's like i i feel like i very rarely used that amp um in in places that uh, I needed that much right. sound, um, maybe a couple times, but um, I think I got that amp. <laughs> I think I got that amp uh, around the tail end of Harry Backman, which was a ska band that you were in, <laughs> a hornless ska band that I was in. <laughs> uh, if your ska band's not horny, I'm <laughs> I'm not interested. I'm sorry. It just meant we like upstroked everything and picked it up a lot right we never put it down but we sure did pick it up um and uh and and that was it like i used it for that band and i I use it at church a lot but again freaking 40 watts man like i'm sure you never had the thing up 
I, you know, past one. Well, and of course, like the, the whole thing with the hot rod deluxes too is, is, uh, I did. I remember take, that amp. I did take it into a church when it was like empty. It was just like me and like a sound person. Mm-hmm. And I actually ran it up to like six or seven. And this thing with the hot rod deluxes is after you get past four, they stop getting louder. Right. Well, that's like the, that's a fender thing. Like my Princeton's stop getting louder at like five. They just get dirtier. Yeah. So I think I paid like 400 bucks for that amp. Mm. And, um, at the time you could get like champs and I think you could get a vibro champ for under 400. Oh yeah. You could get a champ for like 250. I wish I would have known enough. And even around that time, like I remember thinking like, Oh, I've got this. And then not, I'm not too long after that being like, what I really want is a deluxe reverb. I've still never owned a deluxe reverb. Mm. Um, but I wish I would have like either, if I had known that I wanted a deluxe reverb when I was, you know, buying this thing, I wish I would have, you know, saved the extra hundred bucks. Cause you could get them for like, I want to say 500 bucks around that time. I'm just kind of deluxe reverb or, you know, um, or just gotten like a, a sub $400 or sub $300 champ or vibro champ, fiber champ for three fifty. The thing with the champs and the, like the super low wattage champs is like, yeah, you can push them to dirt really easy. And without getting crazy loud, but man, like most of those small amps just have, you know, they have one tone control if you're lucky. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, if we're, if we're talking first tube amps, I needed to have the experience of having like a full EQ section and, you know, master volume and stuff like that. I mean, there is something to be said for that for sure. Right. Right. Um, the Vibro Champ, I'm looking at pictures of it. It had five knobs. What did those five knobs do? Well, one, two of them were for Vibro stuff. Right. <laughs> I can't get a good picture. So it might be volume, bass, and treble. Volume, yeah, volume, bass, treble, speed, and intensity. Yeah, so that's not too bad. Um I knew a guy who had one of these, and this is also why I'm always like, I ha- one of the reasons I always hesitate to like just throw EMG stuff. Like now, EMG humbuckers, I guess, are easy to be like, oh, it's metal, metal. But I knew a guy who had a, uh, it was either a Champ or a Vibro Champ. It was like his dad's amp mm-hmm. or whatever, and he had a Telecaster that had EMGs in it, but they were like the EMG T's, right. And that thing sounded sick. Like it was so, yeah. like, it was super twangy. And especially through that little amp, like, yeah, I bet that sounded good. And again, like for the room that he was in, I was like, this amp is way better, which is the same room that I used to play in. Mm-hmm. Like this amp is way better than, than like a freaking 40 watt behemoth of an amp. Right. That you weren't even getting those tubes even close to warmed up no, at the no. volume levels you were doing. Uh, but I, I get what you're saying. Like, you know, there, there's, there's something about having the experience of like a, too of having like you have to experience too much amp right before you realize something is too much amp. I think that is a common like experience for a lot of us is that we a lot of us from our age group we jumped from our 15 watt practice amps straight into too much amp yeah like yeah like i like my what i wish i'd known like this is a bit of a side step what i'd wish i'd known before i bought my first tube amp was that you know, the PV Bandit trans tube was not actually a tube amp. I thought when I bought that, I thought I was buying a tube amp. 
<laughs> so that is something I wish I could go back and tell myself, hey, young Ryan, this is a fine amp and you're getting a good deal on it. It's not a tube amp. I had to take it home. So your first tube amp wasn't a tube amp. I bought it. I bought it thinking it was a tube amp. <laughs> what was your first tube amp? Was it uh, the, the classic, classic, the classic, classic 50? fifty. Yeah. yeah. So I stayed. I stayed with PV. Um, but the 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 classic fifty is an interesting story because I went to a shop up in Oceanside uh, that had a, a basement, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I had money in my pocket to buy that basement. I was like, I, you know, it's, it's a classic amp. I've heard of people say a lot of good things about it. Like I know it's kind of the, you know, the core inspiration for Marshalls and stuff like that. Uh, I wanted to play kind of gritty punk rock sort of stuff. And it yeah. sounded, it sounded like something that might work for that sort of thing. And then the classic 50 was sitting right next to it used mm-hmm. and it was half the price. And I plugged it in and uh it had a gain section and a master volume and i liked the sound of the reverb on it and the basement didn't have a lot of that stuff right right and i was like i think this fits my needs a lot better and in a way i was right like that was a great amp for the band that we had together your favorite Mm -hmm. band which was like a punk outfit and i mean that thing turned all the way up on the clean channel oh my gosh oh like the the dirty channel was fun like when at lower volume but like when we were playing outdoors and I could turn up the clean channel all the way, oh my gosh, it sounded so good. Did uh, you use the dirty channel? On I did. That? So that so that's um but like, like on the clean channel, turn all the way up, it's now a dirty channel. Yeah, yeah. But it would it would do like just the sustained like compressed thing so well right, with right. like all the creamy grit and whatnot. Uh but you know, rewinding back to what you're saying, I still think it was too much amp. Like that was too much amp for me for most, like it was a great like gigging amp for a punk rock thing, like competing with the drum kit outdoors when we played outdoor shows. But I never had that thing probably above three or four for indoor shows. Sure. Like there was no, there, it would be ridiculous. A 50 watt amp with a four by 10. Like it was, it was way too much for most situations. And if, if we, I had been smart about it at outdoor shows, I should have just, you know, been relying on the PA Mm -hmm. anyways. I think a lot of, I, th- I just, you know, when I bought my first amp, I guess I was going off of like suggestions on web forums. Right. Again, uh, I think I, I actually, I think I bought that amp off of somebody on a web forum. Maybe I just bought it off of eBay. I don't remember. Um, but, um, you know, everyone said like, oh, the dirt channel is not that good. And it was true. Like the dirt channel and the hardware deluxe. I found ways to make it good. And actually what I, what I really learned about that amp. Well, I wonder like but, subjectively, like, is it not good for like a blues player? Or is it not good for like, like a high gain sound? Like what, what did it the, sound like that issue, made it not good? The issue with it. And it's kind of deterred me from a lot of amps. Not that I need another amp. Right. At this point. Um, but it's something that I looked for when I would shop for amps. Uh, I think the big weakness of the Hot Rod Deluxes, at least back then, because they're on like version four or version five now. And I mm-hmm. think mine was basically version, probably version two. So version one and version two, I think are pretty much the same. And then version three and four, they started making some tweaks that people had clamored about, like the fact that the volume knob jumps from, you know, the, the you know, like you're saying, it's a fender thing. But with the Hot Rod Deluxe, it's even worse. Mm. That it goes from like zero to like a hundred in from you know from point five to one. Right, right. Um, you need tweezers. And uh, 
So the thing that I still think was the weakness on that wasn't that the drive channel necessarily was bad. It's that the drive channel and the clean channel shared EQ. Mm. So you could either have a good sounding clean or a good sounding drive, but you couldn't have both. So I actually found like I could dial in like a decent like pop punk kind of uh, like a Reliant K kind of tone that like more like trebly pop punk guitar sound. Um, but then if I got that dialed in and I wanted to go back to clean, the clean was way too bright. Mm. And if I dialed in the clean the way I wanted it, then the, the, I've always felt like the dirt channel didn't just didn't cut. And what I found worked really well, um, with that is with the Jekyll and Hyde, I would actually run the, uh, Jekyll side, which was the, uh, the tube screamer. Basically I'd run it with the gain all the way down. So I'd, kind of use it the way like people are like, Oh, it's just meant to push your amp and da, da, da. like I would run a low, a very low gain setting on a tube screamer effectively into the drive channel of a hot rod deluxe. And that filled in all of the mids that were missing mm. from, from because the mids were fine on the clean tone. And as soon as you went to the drive, they just got washed out in the compression. And so you needed like a tube screamer to add those back in. So here's a question I have. If you could go back to that time when you bought your first tube amp yeah, uh, and tell yourself what to buy instead, it could be multiple amps. You could be like, hey, instead of buying this one amp, you need you know, these two amps to fill out what you actually need to do. But it can only be amps that were available at the time. You can't, we, we can't go back in time and be like, hey, kid, here's a Boss Katana, you know? Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> oh, man. Um I kind of, I'm looking back, I kind of like, I should have kept the PV Bandit for low volume use. Yeah. Because that 1x12, it did just fine for home use and low volume use. It would have been done fine for like in room with a drum kit sort mm-hmm. of practice. And then, man, I don't know for like a, a gigging amp. But the classic fifty, the problem with it, it was so heavy. Yeah, and it was mostly overkill. But then, like, you know, you're chasing features, and it's what was available back then. I'm trying to think of what else was available back then for that kind of money, and well, it's, and, it's and hard. That's, and that's the issue is like, like I said, I know there was some vintage Fendery stuff. I think maybe like I wish I had had a Princeton a lot earlier because right. that's an amp that I've actually really bonded with and like. Tonally, it's a great pedal platform, and uh, but you know they're not great gigging amps, especially yeah. for the projects that we were working on. Oh yeah, yeah. Princeton um, would have been crushed. Oh, totally. It wouldn't have held up at all. Um, it's hard. It's it's really hard looking back. Like I almost wonder if I didn't make the right decision with the classic fifty. And that, and I think you know the other option. I guess the other I f- forgot these existed. The other amp in the hot rod line. That was also super popular at the time, but it was only one channel. Was the Blues Junior right? Blues Junior sounds fine. It's it's a little darker toned, but again, like I thought, I needed a second channel, and all the Blues Junior has it has a fat switch. Mm-hmm. It kind of like it's kind of like a, a a little bit of a boost. So if you're like running the amp hot, then you hit that, and I guess maybe you're pushing into a little bit of drive. But for the most part, it's kind of just like a lead switch. So like your your solos jump out, but you're not really like you're still not that 
that big. So, you know, I, mean, I don't know. Looking back, I think I paid $400 for that Classic 50. Yeah, yeah. The downsides were sometimes it was too much amp. And because of that, I was carrying around more weight than I needed to and a bulkier right. amp than I needed to. Honestly, I, you were staying in shape, Ryan. I was staying in shape. Maybe instead of the 4x10, I should have done the 2x12 version of the Classic 50 just to save on weight and size. I don't, did, well, I don't think it was that much lighter. Was, well, they were, was. they were smaller. I'll say they were smaller. Yeah, yeah. But there was something so physically imposing about the 4x10 that yeah. I connected with. It's it's really hard to go back in time in, in our memory and like figure out what could have been done differently, especially when something became such a key part of our rigs. Yeah, I did so many things to try to, you know, I would show up at at different places with the Hot Rod Deluxe and just drove people insane. <laughs> it sounds like that was not the ideal amp for you. Too it's many, probably not the ideal amp for like anyone. For most people. Playing at a church that has less than like 200, like right. 200 people in it. Like it doesn't really do that great in like the long, like the long haul style building. It's very directional. Um, oh yeah, those things were laser beams. I, and and the reality, the real, you know, this that goes, was what was nice about the four by ten is that it would really, yeah, kind of fill out a space. Yeah. And in some ways, like I think, I almost wonder if like a hot rod Deville would have even been a better amp than like the deluxe, even though it's sixty watts. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like none of the, none of the, uh, like I said, Blues Junior, PV Classic Thirty. Uh, I I think I I always wanted to try a PV Classic Twenty, but they were very rare. Yeah, it's hard to find those. Uh, Adam has a thirty, but you know, you know, honestly, I think going back in time, because I we we I bought my tube amp because yeah. I was on yeah. internet forums it's like, oh, you have to get tube because tube break up and stuff like that. But when you're going too big with an amp. Like you, you very rarely get to experience that. Like the times mm -hmm. that I'm talking about, like playing outdoors at skate parks and stuff where I actually got to crank the clean channel on the classic 50 was the first times I actually got to mess around with driven, actual driven hot tubes. Right. Um, I wish that when I bought the classic 50 and then sold the bandit, I wish I'd taken the money from the bandit and went and bought like a champ, mm -hmm. a Viber champ, a, a sub 15 watt tube amp of some kind so that I could have experienced, you know, those tube dyna dynamics at reasonable volume where yeah. it wasn't like dare volumes, you know, like personal injury volumes so that I could have experienced what people were really talking about when they were, you know, talking on online forums about what tubes do. Cause as, as far as I could tell, when I got the classic 50, it was just as clean as the the trans tube bandit, you right? Because I I, right. I wasn't going to turn it up that loud at home. I didn't have an yeah. attenuator. I didn't even know about attenuators, you did, know. When did you? Uh, I'll throw this out. Well, yeah, I'll throw this out. I'll say I think the amp that I would have liked. I, I I think I've tried one once, um, but I definitely didn't know about it when I bought the Hot Rod Deluxe. Is the PV Bravo? PV Bravo is a little 25 watt one by 12. I don't know if I know that one. Um, it's got like a decent, a decent like mid high gain from what I understand. Uh, they're supposed to be pretty cool though. What um, I always wanted was the PV uh, 
Delta King. Mm. It was That's like, a it one by fifteen. Has a one by fifteen in it. Uh, but but what I was gonna say is um, PV Bravo. You said PV Bravo. Um, oh, interesting. It's an old uh, silver stripe. Yeah, yeah. And they're like kind of a secret weapon. I'm Co from the Flippin' Flippers has one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even like 10, 15 years ago, I was seeing people talk about them on forums about like, you got to go find these old amps. And you could, the price, it's interesting. The, I was seeing them on uh, on shop on the. Oh, it's got know, an ultra gain on there. Yeah. So it actually will do like a 25 watt, but high gain. And I think it's part of like that Silver Stripe Ultra series. But. Again, 25 watts. Okay, let, let, we've got a clean gain here, which is also uh-huh. labeled level. You've got a three-band EQ, a bright switch, a channel switch. You have your ultra gain. Your voicing for the ultra gain, which is bottom, body, and edge. Also, yeah. just probably a three-band EQ. <laughs> a reverb, which I'm assuming is a spring reverb, and it has that super tough-looking like rhino lining, yeah. Tolex. Yeah. And the silver stripe and the and the blue stripe on the control panel. It's handsome looking. Like it's weird to be nostalgic for that era of you know what was pawn shop PV when right. when we were kids. Yeah. And and they're like 350, 400 now. Like the prices on them haven't I feel like this Reddit post that, much. that this picture came from said pawn shop score 96 bucks. Good grief. Um but I'm seeing them elsewhere right now on reverb they're in the mid to high 300s yeah um which if they're in the mid to high 300s now they would have been like way cheaper uh you know well that's on reverb that's reverb prices 20 years ago i want to see a picture of the back are they a tube amp yeah i'm not seeing tubes i've seen some transformers but i think they're like up are they internal thing but they're definitely tube amps Here's your gut shot. Yep, there's your tubes. They're inside the tray laying flat. Yeah, so they're probably a mess to replace. But uh, Well, yeah, but, you know, it's probably not that difficult. Like, there's there's definitely, I have amps in my collection that are, yeah. gonna, it would be tricky to change tubes on compared to the standard open back fender sort of layout. Yeah. So, I, I maybe something like that. Um I think about you said it was a 40 watt amp, 25 watts. That's a 25 watt so it's still amp, and it's got like, ultra gain. Yeah, it's still going to be like just as loud as a 40 watt amp. Oh, yeah, you're definitely that's definitely punkable, you know. Yeah. Um, and with you know, I'm sure it has well, you got ultra gain, so. it has one of those uh, you know, PV Sheffields in it or something, yeah. or a Black Widow or something. It probably well, has spark, I, sparkling I know, clean. I know Brian headroom on uh, it, Brian Gower. Uh, from the Tone Jerks was had played Coes and was just going like on and on about mm. how how good of an amp it was and it was just this killer and little one by twelve. I know it looks like I'm in a huge space here where I can just stack up stuff. I really don't have that much stuff to store extra things. I wish I had like a barn or something where I could just collect amps like that. Yeah, and yeah. use them as different flavors for the recording that I'm never doing. You know, the albums mm. I'm never writing, but like. I want to try one of those now. <laughs> I, I, I kind of feel like the other side of this, and I guess it. What know, if it's like a secret, like Mesa Boogie Destroyer or something? Right. You know, it, well, that, again, it like a secret Marshall. I think it kind of was right. Like it was like supposed to be de- because the I always thought the PV Ultra, like at least by the time they got to like the uh, Ultra that was a contemporary with the fifty one fifty, not the fifty one fifty two, right, right, but the fifty one fifty. Um, the 5150 as well. Yeah. The 5150 also. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> by the time they got to that one, I felt like the cleans were really good on, and that was like a hundred watt head. I thought yeah. the cleans were like really good. So, I mean, I, I, I would expect decent cleans. I think there's just like, Oh, you hear about the fender chime. And then now, you know, people are like, well, the hot rod doesn't even do the fender chime. It does its own thing. And you're like, ah, um, I kind of feel like though, it, I guess my perspective back then was like, I worked retail and I made seven fifty an hour or whatever. Seven twenty. You made $750 an hour. Yeah. 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 $750 an hour. Um, and, I, start, uh, I started in the minimum age, minimum wage world where it was in the fives. Like I think I, I started out five seventy five. I think minimum wage when I started was six twenty five or six fifty. Mm. Um, oh my gosh! In hindsight, is just like oh, it took it took me forever to raise the money to buy that classic fifty. For, yeah, for so, like I said, I had money in my pocket for for a, a basement, and so right. I had you know I had been saving for a long time. So I guess what the way I, what, way I'm thinking about it is it's like. I don't want to say for your first tube amp, you should just buy the one that you want. But like, we do have to put a bow on this, don't we? I'm, I'm thinking about like the number of amps I've owned that either I didn't try. Like I had that, remember that carbon, I had a carbon MTS for like a week. Right. Uh, which I bought to sell. Uh, and I just thought it wasn't good. Well, here, 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 let's do a basic guide. If you're going to be playing with the drummer, What's the minimum watts that someone should have, assuming it's going to be a one by twelve? Probably like twenty. I don't know because the 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 Princetons are like in the they're in the high I, teens. I, I'm thinking about like what kind of drummer, I guess. I'm kind of feeling like a thirty to forty watt amp is appropriate if you're going to do like a loud drumming situation. If you're playing in a jazz trio or something like that, you could do a Princeton. Sure. Um, sure. If if you don't need to be sparkling. Well, clean. I'm thinking 20 because like the deluxe is a 20. Deluxe sure. is 22 watts. Yeah, I you know what? Like like 20, like mid 20s to mid 30s, I think that's like your bare minimum. And then so much I mean it's so hard to say too because so much of that's dependent on design. It's dependent right? on genre as well. Do you need um like big low end headroom and stuff? You know, would you ever think an AC30 is a quiet amp? No. But it's 30 watts. Yeah, they just have like ultra efficient speakers, and I'm like, I think those okay. those it, Alnico Blue. We can't do it by wattage. I know, I know. Like, like, let's just agree that below 20 watts, it's highly suspect that you'll be able to compete with. It's the really, it's really going to depend. But then, if you're in a small space, like, you're, but what you should, gonna, you know, you, it doesn't matter how big your amp right. is. If you're in a small space, you're never going to compete with a truck. Right. With, what you should do is if you're looking at a specific model amp, go on an online forum somewhere and ask people, hey, I play in a band that's this style. Will this amp keep up with the drummer? And yeah. people who own that amp will give you an honest answer. It's, it's not hard to find that information. Yeah. Uh, so you, you want to have, you know, you want to be slightly above at least the base amount of power or volume capacity that you need. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be under that because that's not going to serve you at all. I think other than that, it really just comes down to feature set. Like, are you a high gain player? Then you need an amp that's built around that. Are you a right. clean sparkly player? Do you need an amp that is a pedal platform? You need to think about those things. Do you need an effects loop or are you going to run straight into the front of the amp? Those are like, it's all feature set Yeah. at a certain yeah. point. You figure out your minimum wattage that you need mm -hmm. or your minimum volume that people say will work with your situation and go a little bit above that. If you can give yourself some extra room 
And then you're just figuring out bass features and that are appropriate for the style of music that you're going to play. I think is I think that's the simple recipe. Yeah, because yeah, the rest I is all just ex experience. Like you can read about them all you want. You can go and try them in guitar stores, but until you get in with a band, you really, you really don't know, like how an amp is actually going to act. I think if you're in the market to buy your first tube amp, just get a Boss IR two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> is that the new IR yeah, box no, thing? I, um, like, honestly, there's probably a lot of kids out there or new players that are buying, uh, you know, modelers and impulse response things, and they're just buying powered cabs. And yeah. probably that is actually a great place to start. Because um, <laughs> you get a powered cab that has enough power to push what you need, or you're going to run into a PA. Mm -hmm. And then you have a computer box that is loaded full of all sorts of different sounds, and you're going to learn by using those different models, what flavors of amps you actually like. Right, right. You know? I think uh, legitimately, one, I, I, I owned that Hot Rod Deluxe for a while. I kind of, it served no purpose. It's it's the very, it's like a very dumb hindsight thing because I feel like in 2000, whenever I bought it, like 2002 or whatever, 2001, 2003, Sure. I'm had, not going to fight with you. I don't know. You know, early 2000s, I never would have thought like, oh, yeah, in 20 years, I'm going to want a champ. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> you feel, technically, don't you have essentially a champ with the with the wings? Yeah, kind of. But I feel like, so I feel like if I would have bought a Vibro champ back then, like there's right. a chance I would still own oh, it. Oh, man. If I could Whereas, go back in like, time, I would buy up every Vibro champ that I saw because you can store them and flip them. Yeah. And it's like, do, Hot Rod Deluxe, I feel like the price, the used price for a Hot Rod Deluxe hasn't changed no. in 20 years. No. Um, but at the, the same time, people are going to be buying up uh, Hot Rod Deluxes just to gut the tubes out of them. Oh my god! You know, in the future, they're like, oh, when all the tube factories shut down, they're just be like, what what amps can we buy up cheap to harvest tubes yeah. out of? Yeah. Um. So, I, you do you do need to buy enough amp, right? Yeah. Um. But I think there's also something to be said for like pushing as small as maybe not as small as you can go, but convenient like, as, as you convenient. can go. Yeah. But also like, I don't know. The hot, the, the hot rods existed for so long. It's kind of like, it's the amp that you wouldn't say is a classic. I mean, that's an amp that's been on the it's market not for like famous for like it's twenty five years. Infamous, I which say is a better kind of famous. In I wouldn't a way. say it's infamous. I would say it's like ubiquitous. The it would they don't make them anymore, so. It, they don't make this reference I'm going to make anymore. Right. I was going to say, it's like the Ford Taurus of... You know, I was amps. about to make a, a, a Ford connection. I was going to say, it's like the Ford Probe, but I think Ford Taurus is probably... A, no, it's the Ford Taurus. Yeah, it's, it's the like, Ford Taurus of amps. Nobody, like that is like perfect. Nobody cares about them. There's, you know, there's something... But that, they're ubiquitous. You Like, there was a time when you could not drive down the road without seeing a Ford Taurus. Yeah. Like they were everywhere. Like I definitely, I like tried guitars through, you know, those amps in stores like over and over again because it was on yeah. the floor. It had options. It had a drive section. It had, you know, reverb and stuff like that. So, and there's nothing wrong with like a mid-sized sedan. You're just like, you're just getting that thing. You're getting a mid-sized sedan. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. There's nobody. 
It used to there, be a there, big there. bit on the Conan O'Brien show that he drove a Ford Taurus. Like that, that was a bit in the 90s. I wonder when he retired that or if he still drives it as a bit. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, and I say that like this, like somewhere out there, there's probably a Ford Taurus owners club. <laughs> Uh, and I don't mean like the tour heads is what they call themselves. There, there is the Ford Taurus, the uh, was it the super overhead, the super header, whatever the SHO. Oh my gosh, we need a Ford uh, Taurus themed Centaur. Oh my gosh, <laughs> there's the SHO model that was like their hot, like the hot rodded Taurus. But otherwise, like there's, I don't feel like there's ever going to be a market where you're like, man. You know what? I, Fender I, names I, a bunch of their things after car models. They could have a, a Taurus amp. Well, there is a Taurus amp. Is there? There was a there was a company. Um, gosh, who was it that had the Taurus? Ampeg, maybe. Mm. Um, but anyway, uh, I think Polytone also had a Taurus, but that doesn't matter. What I, all, my only point is is that like there are people. Who are like, man, I wish I had like an early nineties truck. Right. I wish I like I want that square, that square frame truck. Or I wish I had um you know an 80s Civic or whatever, like these kind of old weird cars. There's tons of people who are like, oh, I wish I could go get a like a, a police crown vic, right? Right. Like I stuff always wanted like one that, of those. right? I don't think there's a lot of people going around like, man, I wish I could find myself a 1997 Ford Taurus. Ford Taurus Enthusiast Club on Facebook, private group, 7.3 Yeah, it's private members. because no one who's in there wants you to know they're in there. <laughs> this is the premiere. Uh, oh, wait, here's another one, another group. Ford Taurus Car Club of America, private group, 5,400 5, members. Yeah, so I mean... I'm sure they exist. I just, I don't know. It's There's just, the only Taurus club. Oh my gosh. And it has 41K members, but I don't think it's about the car. Oh, okay. it, There's yeah, a cartoon of a, of a bull. That's probably a horoscope group. Ah. The questions when you try to join is when is your birthday? Um, <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't know. That's just what I think of. It's just a very middle of the road. There's nothing cool about it. It's maybe a workhorse, but there's like, a lot better things out there that you could get for like 400 bucks. Right. That's a problem with all of these like super mass produced. They get, they, they work for, they work, they work for you, for your, what you're doing. I feel like I'm rambling. They work for what you're doing. But at this point, I feel like I put the Fender Hot Rod Deluxe in the same category as all of the other amps that were available then, like the Egnator Tweaker. Right, right. Or like the Black Star HT series, which the Egnator oh, The Tweakers stuff, would probably have been a really great option. Or like the Egnator like Tweaker, the Rebel, like that stuff. Um, yeah. There's just all of these like mass produced. I don't want to say like, oh, they're PCB because a lot of amps are PCB. The the PCB of but they were they were entry price level for the time. Yeah, it, and there's a reason. And they had a bunch of options. They had a bunch of like specs that that draw you in, and it's like you know jack of all trades versus situations with a lot of them. I even kind of feel like if I'm being perfectly honest that you know 20 years later, if I had bought a Blues Junior, I could be like, yeah, I had a Blues Junior. Like that was a cool little amp. Versus like. I had a hot rod deluxe. It weighed fifty pounds, and I could only turn it up to one. Right, right. At least if and you the dry, and, at, and, and it had a second channel that I couldn't use because it sucked. At least if you went underpowered, you would have discovered the sweet spots along the way. Yeah, 
You yeah. know, instead of when you buy an overpowered amp, then you are stuck kind of down in, you know, the ultra clean kind of like unaffected by the tube sort of sounds, which is why you, it's not why you buy a tube amp. You buy a tube amp to push it. The other, push part, it real the other part of this I'll say is um, we, I feel like back then you, there's, if you were looking for it. Can you believe we've been talking about this I for know. 40 minutes? Uh I think if you were looking for it, we are in a spoiled time for tube amps. Again, Hall Rod Deluxe, Blue right. Junior, the PV Classic 30, Classic 50. Well, at the time, Solid State was a joke. Now, Vo- the Vox AC-15 barely existed at that time. Right. Uh, but a little later, you had like the Night Train and all this stuff. But um, I'll just say this, very, very hot, uh, very popular, probably better than a Hot Rod Deluxe. It doesn't look as good as a Hot Rod Deluxe. But this guy right here. Your little, uh, little monoprice job. Yeah, that's, that's gonna get the that's gonna get the job done. I could have never done your favorite band with that amp. It's not loud enough. No, no. I mean, but you for could home your- for home use, like that's a great option right now. I mean, there's people who are reporting, you know, uh, longevity issues with them, but then mm. some people are saying they've had them work for years, no problem. Um, but I, yeah, like they're 250 bucks for uh, I think it's 20 watt or 15 watt or something right, like that. Right. And it's it's full featured and it's it's honestly been sounding great. Like right now, that's a, that's a really good first tube. Yeah, and I'll there's say that. there's a lot of all of the all of the Wong stuff. I think uh, that I've heard. Oh, you mean Wangs? Wangs uh, are, are are a lot of fun. Um, yeah, yeah. You know the the I totally get what you mean though. Like oh, I couldn't have done the, I couldn't have done your favorite band with, with no this amp. Um, but you know, there's, uh, uh, well, it I, might, I, you, it you, might've just ended up being a different band if we had to play quieter. Yeah. You demoed something and somebody commented on it, like about how, I don't know if they said like, oh, this was cool direct or whatever, but da, 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 da. uh, I turned it up to a hundred. I, I was up to a hundred DB this weekend and I don't, you know, I never know where, you're when people say that, like where in the room they're measuring, is that the whole room? Right. I don't know. At the speaker or is um, it, yeah. I used I on a couple different occasions, you know, at the church we had a, a DB meter and I would just pull it out during our practices and we would run like 115 DB mm-hmm. without earplugs. Yeah, of course. Because who needs those? You don't want to hear everything forever. <laughs> what do you need to know before you buy your first tube amp? Buy earplugs. Get, get some earplugs. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, every amp, like, you know, the little five watt thing back here, like, I, yeah, I don't want to run that full time, full blast. Like, that yeah. would, that would damage my hearing. Um, let's, let's, uh, let's, we, I think we've done this. We did it. We, we did it. Uh, first sponsor, Chase Bliss. Yeah, this first, uh, this first sponsor for this episode is Chase Bliss Audio. Huge thanks to Chase Bliss uh, for sponsoring this nonsense once again. They make pedals more creative than you are. And, and better over, looking, too. I don't know Chase Bliss Audio. I don't know if they've done it already, but they're doing a kind of a giveaway deal with some belts that have moods. Those aren't giveaways. Those are charity auction. Charity dude. auction. Charity auction, my man. Like, yeah, so keep an eye out on that. That means they're going to go for... Well, charity auction means you can buy it cheap and then put it on reverb for <laughs> 10 times the price. I don't think any of those are going for cheap. I think those are no, going... No, it means you could get probably get one of those for like $10,000 and then... Re- oh, yeah, yeah. Flip it for fifty, And then relist it on a reverb for $100,000. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know you don't want to lose money on this <laughs> get in on the ground floor but anyways those built guitars with the built-in moods are mm, 
Mm. Yeah, just kiss. Just they're, they're doing a lot of really uh, creative yeah. stuff over there. So um, go check them out. Mm-hmm. Check out Chase Bliss Audio, and might, might as well check out Built as well to see those guitars. Hey, Our, they didn't sponsor this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think Chase Bliss would be fine with us including Built in this situation. Uh, so this first ad was sent to us by uh, Mark. Yep. De Bruyne. These Mark are Brun. these are Belgian guitars. Yeah, the last the last couple uh, images. Well, the last image describes it all because uh, he did a translation for us from French. From French. Yeah, it was in French. Oh, I gotta get over there. Two superb go. guitars by a local artisan luthier. Flying V revisited for metal with. Okay, so this is finally a flying V for metal uh, with quad bucker pickup. You're doing this all wrong. Okay, Mark says the ad is in French, uh, so we have to read it. So actually, I have to read it. Super Rich T will have to read it using the same accent he uses to scold Saulniers, who mispronounce the names of grapes and chateaus. This is going to be super annoying. This is a big block of text, Steve. Two super reverb guitars. Oh, no. Two superb guitars by local artisan Luthier. Flying V revisited for metal with quadrabucker pickup. Ha ha ha. In a wood mounting of eight. I can't do this. I, I, I wish you wouldn't. Uh-huh. I think it's too much text to read. Let's look at the pictures and then go back to the text. Wait, oil bath machine heads? Got a machine head. It's better than red. You know, I like the, the little twist on the melody that you did there. Like it, like. You're like one hipster girl with a ukulele away from reworking that song. <laughs> Machine this, ahead. This take on a flying V is wild, and the other guitar is wild. This person likes extreme pickups. I'll say that. In the flying V, he's got quad rails, which is like an affront against nature and God. You are spitting in the face of God when you put quad rails in your guitar. I, like, I really like that. So this flying V shape is, uh, is kind of Randy Rhodes. Yeah. It's, it's, it really leans into sharp angles. I like it. I actually think I re- I like it. You like that. I want a flying V. I, I don't personally want a flying V like this, but I wish there was like a production flying V. Like it's kind this. of like the Carrie King V, but not oh, it stretched is, out. It? Yeah, yeah, not yeah. stretched out quite enough. The the V shape is too shallow. I I kind of admire their dedication to symmetry with the design. The output jack is right in the would you call that <laughs> the, the crotch or the armpit of the V? Uh, it depends. It's the uh, nether regions of the V. So you're plugging direct into the crotch. The volume and tone knob are lined up dead center behind the bridge, and you have a sheet of what I assume is steel yeah. as mirrored pick guards on either side of the guitar, leaving you with a center stripe of wood about the width of the neck. Uh, it's it's a lot. It's it's very home done looking. It looks very uh, backyard shed yep. Stain- woodshop. Stainless steel cover on both wings. I kind of like the extra pointy headstock. They did the arrow headstock, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then they did a metal cover over the entire front. Like I think it's fun doing a four by two tuner setup on the arrow headstock. But every chunk of wood that you can see on this guitar looks like the roughest backyard wood shop you've ever seen in your life. Even the way the metals cut out, it's like okay, you you did your best, uh, and then going extreme with the pickup 
to have the quad rail. The thing that really catches my eye with the V is when you get a shot of the back of the neck, like this close up of the back of the headstock, it's like, oh man, this looks like it was whittled. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Like someone whittled the curves into this with a pocket knife. And then you see the close up of the back of the neck and it looks like, like that furniture grade oak where you can feel the grain. You know what I mean? I don't. You know what though? If they finish this right, it could actually they could kind of give but, you that uh that that uh what's it the uh, Dean Zolinski guitars where they did the the <laughs> the dimple back right? It could kind of give you something like or that. it would give you splinters. Well, um, the other. But it looks it doesn't look like guitar neck wood. It looks like rustic oak furniture wood. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if the neck was oak. Okay, you got to explain this to me. Okay, there's a whole other guitar here besides how, the Flying the, V. How the hell is this a Telecaster? Is that what it's listed as? They called it a Super Telecaster. There's nothing about it, this uh, Telecaster. Blue, parentheses, blues type sounds with 14K ohm humbuckers. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they got so many details wrong on their own guitar. I can visually tell you that this is not a blues type toned guitar. It's double loaded with invaders. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell, dude? It's a Paduk and Maple Luthier Classy. Bolt on maple neck with Paduk fretboard. Also, bolt on the rest of the body. There are giant like hex bolts like i'm talking almost the size of the knobs how many two four have, six eight ten if 12, you have 14 of these giant hex bolt things on the top of the guitar what in a pattern that would make you think oh this is to hold on a pick guard in some sort of creative way there's no pick guard involved it's just raw wood with these giant metal studs sticking out of it would you okay i got a question the headstock looks like a decorative medieval weapon, but not in a cool way, in like a very lame way. Oh my gosh. <laughs> when you count frets on a guitar that has a zero fret, do you count the zero fret? The zero fret no, is zero. No, that's right? zero. Oh, the nut on this. Because is, you know, a zero fret usually has a nut behind it. This guitar has a zero fret. Instead of a nut, it's got three string trees. <laughs> It's going to be so funny to me. No, as I, I read, it's got he's using string it does, trees. It does have three string trees, but he's it, using the string trees as the re, the string god retainer instead of a nut. No, I don't. I okay, so I zoomed in on some other pictures, and I think it's so I think the fretboard is raised far enough away from the headstock that part of the no, fretboard is actually notch. There are notches in the fretboard, but I still. I still believe in my heart that the string trees are no, the, the guys the string, for the strings. The string trees are definitely doing the bulk of the work here. Uh, <laughs> no doubt about that. I mean, it's I, kudos to this guy to legitimately building a neck. Like, it's, that can't be easy to do, especially if you're working with this level of woodworking skill. And all you've got and is you know, a pocket not, knife. I don't want to diss this dude. Like, his work is cleaner than mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's not saying a lot, but yeah, I you know I'm not making the, this, I'm not going to make a neck in my garage. This not only has a compound radius, but the shape the neck okay. changes shape as you move down. Oh, I bet it does. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There's people who do compound radiuses intentionally. Uh, I think there's people who end up 
with the compound radius oh, neck. And I have a feeling that might be the case here. <laughs> I, you know, I, I always worry that the people who built these guitars are going to end up, you know, being sent the show and they're going to hear us trash on these. You know, I, if you're listening person who built these, you did much better than I did. I'm impressed with anyone who builds a neck and could do fret work and stuff like that. But come, you have to, you have to laugh along with us. There's a reason you sold these and they're not in your personal collection anymore. You, you, you have to find this funny, right? Uh, so that being said, Oh, and by the way, it doesn't just, Oh wait, that was the, the, the V had, Oh my gosh. Okay. I got mixed up. The V has a Floyd Rose nut on it. Yeah. But I don't think it has a trim. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, why does it have a Floyd Rose? It doesn't have a trim on it. You know, like the reason the micro adjusters are there because when you clamp those yeah, down, it, it pulls the strings. It, 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 there's a very real possibility of pulling the strings out of tune. So if you clamp a Floyd Rose nut and you don't have a Floyd Rose micro adjusting bridge, like <laughs> so, I can't speak to um, to the value of American. I need used, another drink. American used goods in Europe. Um, Steve needs another drink as well. But uh, he says that he would possibly swap this for a Blues Deluxe. So he's valuing like both of these guitars at like what? What's that? Like five to six hundred dollars, maybe? Yeah, somewhere in there, I guess. Um, but before that, he says can be tested in practice room on tube amps and multi effects. Open to all reasonable offers, or else go to Toman and buy a Harley Benton built by slaves using materials pillaged from Africa. <laughs> Damn, dude. <laughs> it sounds like you made these because you hate Toman. Um, Mark says, the first uh, the first guitar is indeed V-shaped, though hardly similar to Flying V. I have no idea what... He doesn't even know, and he's, he's also in Europe. He doesn't know why it's called a Telecaster or a French... He says, I wonder if French speakers use the name Telecaster as a sort of general term for all hardtail electric guitars. Maybe. Oh my gosh! One of the pro, pro so the uh, guy selling this isn't the builder. No, maybe it is. Oh, uh, one of the pros of the flying V because you you noticed how it was practically symmetrical, right? One of the pros is that you could switch this to lefty, and you don't have to worry about the controls being in the wrong place. So here's the thing: left lefty guitarists. I've spent some time in lefty groups because they hate me. Uh, <laughs> But uh, lefty guitarists, I'm telling you this right now. They want there to be more guitars on the market for them, and there should be more guitars on the market for them. But that desire isn't for this, isn't for a backyard <laughs> made, you know, you know, act of love that someone made without, you know, maybe it's their third or fourth guitar they've ever built, and then it shows. Um, they want lefty versions of commercially available guitars that are up to spec as playable guitars. They don't, they don't want backyard, you know, hobby pieces. <laughs> it is, you know, technically, yes, you can reverse it and make it lefty. So yeah, there you go. I, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't wish this on a lefty who was, you know, needed a guitar to be converted to a lefty. Like should, there's other guitars you can get to do that. I should have read this differently. Or else go to Toman and buy Harley Benton by slaves. 
using materials pillaged from Africa. That's that's it. That's right, I'm right. done. No more French for me. That, I, my Dutch is much better. <laughs> we'll let the Dutch judge that, or we'll let the French judge that, Steve. No, oh the, I gosh, think a, a French person listening to that would be like, "Oh, sacre bleu!" Yeah, yeah. His French is. His, his Dutch is definitely a lot better than that. Whatever his Dutch is, it's better than that massacring of our culture because it's not even their language. This is a war crime. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you know, this means war. I, uh, that was that was my French accent. How did I do? <laughs> what's uh, what's new with you, man? Oh, we're going to do what's new in yeah, minute 54 do, of the podcast. <laughs> Hey, before just... you do what's new, if you'd like to support the show, head on over to <laughs> patreon.com, uh, where for as little as $1 a month, you can uh, you can uh, take part in this ridiculousness. You know what? We're going to we're gonna start shipping out. Uh, uh, dude, you talked about that last episode. I know, but I, people need to know because next episode is when we'll have the address. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's so, true. F- you know, find a postcard. Think about a letter you're going to write us. We're going to have a P.O. box. You send us your letters, your physical letters old school we're gonna have a p.o box guys and what we're gonna do is we're gonna you know every episode we're gonna pull one maybe a couple letters out of the box and we're just gonna send them pedals from this diaper box full of affordable board pedals i have and apparently possibly hundreds of azor reverbs that azor has sent me by this time so we need to cycle stuff out you're gonna get it for free we're gonna take money out of the Patreon fund to ship all this stuff out to you. Like literally hundreds of pedals that we need to get rid of here. And we want to put them in your pockets on your pedal boards. So if you want to help support those efforts, um, for the time being, as far as I understand it, we're going to be paying out of the Patreon. Maybe we'll have a sponsor someday. But if you want to support people getting pedals for free, there's a good reason. So, all right, so what's new? Let's, let's Can we talk about this? Let's talk about this. Did you talk about this whiskey yet? I did a little bit on a live uh, uh, live stream, I think. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is really good. Mm-hmm. Say that. I'll say I think the the first time I tried it, I was like, I don't I don't know if I like this. But then like the more I've had, the more like I appreciate its unique qualities. Yeah. Yeah. It has um, like you it says Iowa corn bourbon on the back. Like I feel like you can taste the corn. I feel like you can taste the Iowa. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Iowa is up front, like front of mouth. But the corn was the surprise because it's not every time you actually taste corn mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in what you're drinking. But I feel like if I put a pat of butter in this, it would taste like an alcoholic <laughs> corn on the cob. <laughs> it's not that corny. But I'm like getting that. There's a corn sensation. You know what so I mean? So I think. Um, yeah. Have you was, guys. When was the last time you had that corn sensation? This was sent to you by a uh, basement guitar superstar. Mm-hmm. Um, check out his channel. Maybe yeah. we'll remember to put the link down below. Make a note, Steve. There we go. Making we- a note. Steve makes notes and note. things happen. Eventually. Your wife Your wife isn't here, so I can be annoying. That's Dude, have you? are you telling me that you haven't been annoying this whole time? I have not been annoying for the previous <laughs> 397 episodes. Today is the first day. Finally, Steve can let loose and be annoying. All right, be annoying. What's new? Um, no, what I was going to say is uh, I feel like I have a greater appreciation for this because I've been drinking um, the Kirkland. I think I, did I oh, yeah. talk about this already. I don't know. 
the, they have a bottled and bond Kentucky bourbon mm-hmm. that's basically replaced their small batch bourbon. It's re- also very good. Oh, okay. It's different than this. Um, it's a little. I think it's actually smoother, but it's by being smoother, it's a little like less interesting. Uh, I could see that. I think it's. I think it's also very good. I like the flavor. I like the the warmth of the booze. It's got. It does have a bite to it. It's not. Uh, you know, like velvet smooth or anything like yeah. that. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun drinker. I was honestly a little surprised. I left so much for you to. have. <laughs> So what well, else is new, well, Steve? Basement Guitar Superstar did request that you leave me at yes, least one pour. I did. I uh, what's new with me? Well, last week, you know, I got all those big ear pedals, um, mm. which means I think I am in position to, I still need to build this. Yeah. I still need to build this. We need this. to get Robert over here, too. Um, need to figure out a time to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to put together, like I did with all the Caroline pedals I have, I'm going to put together a big ear board. And in order to do that, I bought a PT Junior from a friend of the show, RJ Smith from, nice. te- from Teletalks. And cool. Just, and I guess the Just Surprise Me podcast. I think that's, yeah, that's it. The uh, Just Surprise Me podcast. Yeah. Which is filthy, by the way. Don't let your children listen to that. Yeah. Um, Don't let your adults listen to that. <laughs> it's not for human consumption. They had a recent episode where they went through their list of patrons uh-huh. And it was all miscreants. And decided, and they were all like, which ones of these, like, if you had to have sex with your patrons, your Patreon supporters, who would they be? Well, you know, Steve, maybe we, maybe that's a good prompt for us to make some Patreon content. There's only like four of, there's only like seven people on that list, so. It's a short list. Did you get picked? Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> also, I, I do want to say one thing about that show. That, that, the, that episode that was really funny is because they were talking about they were talking about us uh-huh. not having sex with us, only having sex with me. Um, and, I was left out. Well, you're not. I'm not a Patreon. Not a Patreon. Yeah. And they uh, and now I won't be. And, and they go, and and of course RJ knows both of us, mm-hmm. but I guess he probably hasn't seen you in a while. Uh, but he goes like, oh yeah, like he's like. Of the two of them, like Ryan has a much better body. Like Steve's just so late, like lanky and bony. And I'm like, I was like, I think I've got you by like ten pounds. I don't now. think of you as lanky at all. I guess. Com- I don't think of R- you as fat. In RJ's brain, compared to you, I'm extremely thin, yep. and you are a large, like obese man. I That's, don't know. Yeah, your arms are probably bigger than my arm. No, my arms are smaller. I think my arms are smaller than yours. I just think I'm fat. You've always than you. had. You've always had a, a more leg. Muscle That's than me. That's true. Like I have, I have very attractive calves, but you've always had more leg. You've always had them <laughs> baseball legs. My I, don't know, I don't know what that means. I don't know either. You know, them baseball legs. Um, but yeah, so I got a PT Junior from RJ. Uh, I went over there. We had some burritos, and also I gave him money. Mm. Uh, and I got a PT Junior. So I'll be putting that together. I'm probably going to use the. Uh, Zuma. I've got a Strymon Zuma. I'll be using to pedal everything or power everything. To pedal every all your um, power. Now the thing that will be interesting about that board is uh, because I have some some limiteds and some kind of things that are the same, like the Black Betty and the Betty White mm-hmm. are, are the same circuit in two different uh, colorways. Uh, so I'm just going to put it all on the board, and so by the time that board's done, it will have three fuzzes on it. Oh my God. Uh, two that are the same, one that's an octave fuzz, 
It'll have two. It al- sounds like a stereo rig to me, dude. It will have two Albies on it. Stereo rig. If if there's, I'll have to see how much room it is because, like, with the exception of the Chaka, they are all like this size box, uh, which the one twenty five box. Uh, so maybe I can put the HX stomp on it and, and, yeah. and do that, like run a stereo yeah. in. Stereo out. I guess I. You can run stereo in and stereo out of it. Mm-hmm. But I need something to do a stereo. I need something to split to do. And it, I don't know. Anyway, I got that stuff. It's it's very cool. I'm very excited about it. I'm excited to put this board together. That's it. You don't have anything else new? Uh, you didn't ask me. I did ask you. And then we talked about the whiskey. And then you asked me. That's true. Okay. Uh, I went to Sweetwater and I came back, and you guys already know that because it's been like two weeks. But uh, I I thought I would tell a fun story. I guess it's a bit of a demo guy brag or oh demo guy my, brag. minor celebrity. That's it sounds too big. You're you're a, like, as in you're a minor celebrity. Yeah. Hey, you know what? You could be a minor celebrity. There's room for you now because Shaq today, on the day that we recorded this, renounced his celebrity status. He oh. says. He, he said he doesn't want to be a celebrity. So now, according to celebrity law, we divide his uh, portion of celebrity and everyone get, becomes a little bit more celebrity. Yeah, so you can now be a minor celebrity. I hate that I said the word celebrity um, now. And, but but also like three teenage girls also, because we just div- right. we just divide Shaq's no, volume. Every, everyone on TikTok got a, a fraction of a percent, yeah, you know. Exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, uh a person who is known brag. Uh, so are you the person who's known? I'm the person who's okay. known within our very small niche of the world. Niche, niche. of the world. Niche of the, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, you know, guitarists are a small group of uh-huh. all things. Like this isn't as big of an industry as we think it is. It's not as big of a market as we think it is. Uh, it's big, but there's so many things that are so much huger. Uh, especially just like the online culture. So like getting recognized in public, getting spotted in public. Right. It happens. Yeah. But yeah. it's, it always feels like what are the odds of like running into that person here at the County fair and they're selling jacuzzis. And now I'm talking to someone right. who's seen right. me on YouTube or whatever. Uh, but in the hotel that Sweetwater put me up in when I was out there. Okay. Um, this I was is getting sexy. <laughs> they were having this big uh, medical insurance convention in the hotel. Not as sexy. Not as sexy. Uh, I for, for at least two nights, I thought about trying to sneak in line and and steal some of their catering. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like I didn't look the part. Everyone was in polo shirts and khakis and stuff like that, and I didn't have anything even close to that. Um, I'm not as high fashion as those lawyery medical people. But anyways, um, I, I'm posting pictures from being at Sweetwater and being uh-huh. in the area uh-huh. and someone like message or comments on Instagram and they're like, are you staying in the courtyard Marriott? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I'm staying there too. I'm with the medical oh my insurance gosh. convention. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. What a coincidence. So I, you know, I met up with that guy one night and we hung out for like an hour or something like that in the lobby and <laughs> just made small talk. And it was great. It was great to meet you. Uh, and then, but, you, but we're not, but you don't matter enough for Ryan to name drop you. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot your name. I also forgot the next person in the story's name. Uh, the last day I'm at Sweetwater, I'm filming on the floor with you know like my travel. His name was Adam. He's the one who no, won the contest. No, it wasn't Adam Miller, whose name I absolutely know. Uh, I forget the guy's name. I'm sorry. Uh, but anyways, I'm filming on the floor, and this guy walks into the Sweetwater store, and he makes eye contact with me, and his like jaw drops. And he's like, I came here to buy the Supro uh, uh, Delta King 15. Uh-huh. And I've watched your video on it like five times this week. What the hell are you doing here? Oh like God. he was legitimately shocked. Come to find out he was also in town for the medical convention oh and staying gosh. in the hotel. Like that's bonkers. Like there's two people. But like, but like, while he was there, he decided to swing by Sweetwater. Yeah, it's it's li- literally a six minute drive from downtown. Oh, okay. Um. So, but what are the odds of that? When you think about how small all this actually is, like, this is a channel of. 80- His name was the first guy's name was Ben. I found. Oh, the it was comment. Ben. It was Ben. I don't know the other guy's name. I'm sorry. I'm terrible. Um. But I do remember that he lives in Florida and his wife and him want to play local uh, uh, open mic nights because he thinks that they can smoke everyone else who's playing. I remember those details. I remember intimate details of the conversation. I just don't remember your name. So how about that, Steve? I don't forget everything. I'm not impersonable. <laughs> but anyways, like you think about the odds of it. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm not, you know... I'm I'm not small in this scene. I'm not huge, but I'm not a movie star. Like it's mm-hmm. odd to get spotted at all. Well, but, and, and the thing is, is when you first started this story, I thought you were going to talk about like because I I saw some I saw some messages too that were like Sweetwater employees that were like, oh man, I saw no, you, I saw you in the app room, and I'm like, well, and so I thought that's where you were going to go, and I was going to like just destroy your ego and be like, well, yeah, man, you're at Sweetwater, and you're basically a flipping Sweetwater employee now, so. <laughs> Like, <laughs> no, of course no, like, they know who you are. No, Sweetwater employees, especially the sales team, are up on... And, on, they're, and they're all musicians they're in up one on, way or another. They're up on all the YouTubers. Like, yeah. they just are. Like, everyone, they, they know about them. Uh, so, anyways... They know who they, they like, know about us now. And they know who they hate. But to be... To go into... You know, to be who, visiting, you know who you are. You know who you are. You know which side of that line you fall on. You know. You know. <laughs> I like where this is going. You know, you know, come on. All right. Admit it. Uh, to be staying out of town, visiting for a couple days. That is good. End up in a hotel where they're hosting a convention for a completely different industry. Yeah. And as far as I know, two people that are familiar with a channel that is under a hundred thousand subs. I'm not, I'm under 90,000 subs. Uh, when you think of the population of the country, mm-hmm. it makes no sense. Like the odds make no sense to have two people coming to the same medical convention. And as far as we know, there could have been five or six people there at the medical convention who were guitarists. I and would, but like the odds is just baffling to me. Like it doesn't make sense. It makes me think that we live in a simulation. What are you? You're looking up baseball people now. Some dude. I told cra- you. I told some, you he had baseball legs. Some guy crashed into a wall at the Padres Dodgers game. Gavin Lux, and apparently uh, they pulled him out. And and it sounds like maybe he's very injured. Did someone text you about that? No, I, I was on Instagram trying to fi- figure out who these people oh. were. Well, the other person wasn't on Instagram. 
That's fair. But if he's watching around, get in the comment section. Tell us how you like the right. uh, the Supra. Also, uh, we need uh, 15.2 thousand subscribers by the end of the year to hit 100K. So I'm just putting it out there. It's not going to happen by the end of the year. It could if you guys help us out. All right, guys. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. Every time you clap, uh, you bring a Tinkerbell back to life. Um, if everyone right now whistles the Andy Griffith oh my theme show music, um, this YouTuber might just get 100,000 subscribers. I, I, I wanted to put something out there, but I can't because this, this is all mostly your stuff, I guess. Um, but I was going to say... Uh, we should just be like, if you hit a hundred thousand by the end of the year, give something away. But that puts you in a horrible spot. I would no, I would do it, but I, I don't think people would be. You know, what? I I could just say it. I could just say, if that happens, that I'll give it. I'll give a guitar away, a, a, per, a personal guitar of mine. Not a, not an afford a guitar, a personal yeah. guitar. We'll have to figure out a way to do that. December thirty first. 2021. But how do we pick the winner? And who do we give it away to? Because it's not, it wouldn't be, we wouldn't know who the last person to subscribe is. Like, um, we give it away via Squid Game. What's that? It's a TV show. I haven't watched it. Oh, is that on Netflix? You need, is, you need to It's watch like it. a Battle Royale thing, right? You need to watch okay, it. Okay, so we're saying Fight to the Death? I'll watch it. You need to watch it. I'll watch it. It's really good. I believe you. I didn't like the way it ended. Oh, man. But... It's mostly it's mostly really good. It's I'll like ninety nine percent good. Okay, and Steve. And then the ending was like, oh, you, you've you, convinced you. me. I'll skip the ending. <laughs> I'll just stop watching it. Like Steve said, the ending wouldn't be good, so I'm not going to finish it to find out. And then I'll imagine the perfect ending, and I'll be like, that was the ending. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have done that. All right. Anyway, um, I was ho I was hoping a little bit that Steve would figure out the odds of meeting two people in the hotel. Uh, meeting two people in the hotel from eighty four point eight thousand subscribers divided by the population divided by the population of the world. No, it, well, I guess we could do the world. It could be. An, you don't know what kind of event that was. Was it an American medical? It was. How many, it was for an American company. How many people work in the medical devices industry? Do we know? No, it wasn't medical devices. Medical it was medical insurance. Ins insurance. Well, everybody in the world should have medical insurance if they can. So, two divided by uh, eighty-four point eight thousand divided by seven billion times two hundred and forty-eight million. He's holding his phone, but he's not using the calculator. <laughs> um, I think the odds of that are roughly. Check Somewhere map. between the uh, land speed oh my gosh, shut up. of a roadrunner and the swim speed of a I had my bottlenose dolphin. My hopes are dashed on the rocks. Guys, you guys figure out the odds of me running into two people staying in the same hotel as me in a city that I don't live in. Fort Worth is weird too because it's only like it's a population so, of like what like uh um like I don't want a few hundred thousand I don't want to diss on it I don't see it as a destination city <laughs> I don't think their their airport doesn't give off that vibe 
Um, <laughs> Fort Wayne. I just said Fort Worth. Fort, Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, 265,000 people. damn it. Are we geography podcasting Hell right now? Hell yeah, we are. <laughs> Pour me another. <laughs> we got a lot of show to go, Ryan. We're an hour, 13 minutes in, Steve. We got two more ads and a sponsor spot. Do the sponsor spot. Uh, this next sponsor for the show is Big Ear Pedals. They made this guy. There's one on Reverb. I don't want to talk about that. There is one on Reverb. I want it's to talk now about, I want, $215. I want to talk about the woodcutter. Well, where is it? It's on the shelf behind you because I was using it today. I was having some fun noodling around, trying to do some high-gain metal-y stuff, and I used two pedals. I used the woodcutter. And then I was going back and forth between a different pedal that I will not name, which does sound good. Woodcutter! But they were both high-gain pedals, and the woodcutter, like, if you want a demonstration of what jumps out of the mix and what's behind the mix, like, it didn't matter the volume. The woodcutter was way on top of the mix compared to the other distortion pedal. I think this is about the settings that I run right about there. Right about there. You guys are wondering. (laughs) Let me see. Oh yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, I'd do something about that. I, I tend to have the tone probably a little bit darker. You barely turned it. I know, but I'm saying we're really close. We're really close. I think gain, I probably go like oh, you other go, side of the clock. I'm not I'm not down with low gain rat. That's I, not that's not low, that's still mid gain. Yeah, I mean I guess low gain is like underneath that. I'll say this: uh, the woodcutter. None of you can see this. So. Yeah, I know the woodcutter is uh, a fantastic rat style pedal. I yeah. think it's one of the best on the market. Like if you uh, trust me, I've played like a rat and the woodcutter, and it's great. It's one of those flavors of rats that kind of pushes further into the overdrive side than the fuzz side. Because rats like a that's, di- that's fair. That's rats a distortion technically, but it sometimes it it pushes into a more fuzz character. So some people mm-hmm. think of it as a fuzz, and sometimes it pushes softer and warmer. Well, and I, I the think, woodcutter pushes softer and warmer. I think a big component of that is I don't feel like the woodcutter for whatever reason, uh, and I, I've never really understood why uh, it it doesn't ha- it it doesn't get as nasal no. as as the as my rat does. Mm. So there's something about this specific circuit that gets that rat distortion character, um, but doesn't really have like the it's super a softer filter. It's not as eighties. Yeah. Cause some it's rats, not super eighties. Some, some rats is like racking like the most dramatic mid hump on an equalizer you've ever yeah. seen. It's like, no, that, that's mine. Uh, that's something, you know, once you get Coco under, should make a rat phaser where that, Oh my god, the tone, the, the filter just oscillates and it's a rat phaser. Cause they can't put out any pedal. That's not just a rat with a modification. Um, with, uh, anyway, sorry, <laughs> bigearpedals.com subscribe to their mailing list. Uh, they are a very small shop. Grant and Karen work hard to build pedals, but of course there's only two of them. So you know, they, it, you're going to get batch, a batch of this, a batch of yeah. that. They got this guy, the Albie. We found out. Albie. But you got a batch of this, you got a batch of that. And, you know, uh, so you got to get on that mailing list so you find out when those new batches come out. Follow them on Instagram. Follow them everywhere you can follow them. Yeah. And then you'll know when a batch comes out. Sometimes I want you to these follow. These Albies come out in, like, sometimes, like, 10 of them come out at a time right. because they're weird colors. 
I think one of them came out. There's literally one in a limited color uh, by a friend of the show, friend of mine, I don't know, uh, Gear Ant, uh, who does some refinishing work. He did a refinish on an Albi. They sold that one. It was literally like up on Instagram. This is for sale. It was gone like 30 minutes later. Wow. What were you going to say, Ryan? I don't remember. Woodcutter. Woodcutter, get it. Tell us, get it till it's gone. Follow. Get it till it's gone. <laughs> follow Big Year so closely that they nearly have to file a, res- a restraining order. That's there how close go. we want you to there follow you Big Year on social media. Don't follow us that close. We have families. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What, another ad, and then we'll wrap it up. We got two more ads, man. We, we got, don't have to do them both. We do. It's the law. This is a CGB fiddle. CGB stands for Cigar Box Guitar. This also comes with a Telecaster, apparently. This sticker, what the hell does the sticker say? Love? Love res res dogs. Oh, they love reservation dogs. What's like the show reservation dogs? Uh, I think that's that's a term of endearment. Or among among our friends that live on reservations. In, or maybe it's the, a total insult, and but they've oh, appropriated no, it. No, you know what? I think I think you're right. Oh, is that a bad thing to say about Canada? I think it is. We, it's okay. We can insult Canada on this show. Looking to downsize and trade one of my two guitars for one guitar, eh? Or sell them. Uh, I have a Squire VM Tele Custom eh? and a Buddha fiddle-shaped CBG <laughs> with a Journey passive acoustic guitar, eh? And an electric mini bucker with a single volume knob. Don't be shy to shoot me an offer, eh? Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do think, I do suspect love res dogs. I bet, I bet in Canada sometimes they do say sorry at the end of their ad. I do suspect love res dogs is probably, this is in, Sa- oh, I should say this is in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Yes. The capital of Saskatchewan shit is regina oh my gosh is what it, is happening is on it, the show is it right regina now? or is it regina it's very confusing anyway it's in Sas- saskatoon i think this is some kind of like there well there is that show on netflix does this qualify as a drunk asodia isn't isn't there a show on netflix called Re- well what's bad about this being a drunk asode is that we started drinking this episode i know uh, Reservation Dogs is four indigenous teenagers in rural Oklahoma steal, rob, and save. In order. I know there's a show called it, but it's about once about it's written by Taika Watiti. Of course, it was, and some other people. Um, there's always those other people. Well, taking all the credit. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, Sterling Harjo and Bobby Wilson. Bobby! Right, I know it's a show. I've seen a couple episodes, and it's fun. Um, I, I, this has got... But I don't know if that's a term that gets sorry, used sorry. outside of that show. You, We were going to say Native... It looks like a skate brand sticker. We were going to say Native Americans first, but this is in Canada, so they are First Nations. Right. Um, Which I only realized recently when you corrected me on that. Yeah, we are very cultured here and woke. Look out! We're woke! <laughs> 
They're asking uh, Canadian. People are scared right now. There's a couple of people that <laughs> are scared because they just realized asking we, we just got infected with woke. Canadian U.S. Canadian U.S. dollars. Canadian dollars, one thousand two hundred thirty-four. So I think that's not a real price. Uh, I kind of feel like this is a deal where all of the oh, you're saying it's not a real price because it's literally one, two, three, four. Yeah. Gotcha. Dude, uh, my car the other day was uh, 75,432 miles. That was pretty sick. Nice. Uh, no, 76, sorry, 76,543 So you miles. just pulled over to the side of the road to preserve it and you you walked away. Uh, no, I took a picture while driving 80 miles an hour down the freeway. This is San Diego, bro. <laughs> Don't want to be late for fish tacos, bro. <sighs> what if San Diegans talked like that? I so wish we noxious. did. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I feel like this is trying to sell the VM Tele Custom and the fiddle oh, cigar box fiddle thing. It's kind of just like it's an add on. It's like when, hey, if you buy this amp, I'll throw in this DSM one that's been sitting on my shelf for 60 years that I've never played. Well, what's funny about this is that I saw this ad and I was like, oh, that might be a refreshing take on a cigar box guitar. Oh, and it comes with a telly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, the telly is fine. How much? But would it's you, like that was like if I saw this ad for just this telly, I wouldn't be like, "We got to do this ad." There's a telly in it. You Let's know? get to the real tent. We know you're going to cut for like 40 minutes out of this episode and make it normal. No, I am not. Uh, um, this will be full length. The full length of three hours and. 86 minutes so if the episode is any shorter than that you know that i did end up cutting stuff out but i promise you i won't christ i gotta go home at some point man (laughs) you you are now holding me hostage um how much would you pay for this for the cigar rocks guitar no for for the whole bundle for this bundle well that's a squire um it looks like an older Squire. I don't know anything about the, you know if those have a collector's market at this point, but I'm assuming they don't. So I'm going to assume its value is roughly $400. The cigar box guitar I would value uh, on a good day like 150, but probably most people would want to pay convert to 125. Uh, so what did I just say? That's f- 525, eh? <laughs> Hey, what's this solar boot? How this, do I convert 525 yank dollars? <laughs> yank dollars? Yank bucks. Yankaroos. Is, is yank bucks like the, the white trash version of OnlyFans? <laughs> it should be. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. We got a, page, we got a Patreon. Check it out. Yankbucks.com. Get over here right now. You ever think about... Uh, you ever it's think, a Bible study yeah. website. <laughs> You ever think about making a, putting a second camera over here that's just waist down to run for your only? I'm gonna get yankbucks.com, and then I'm gonna sell it to Weird Al Yankovic, and he's gonna name his next album that because it's such a good name. Yankbucks.com. A server with the specified host name could not be found. That means it's for sale. Yankbucks.com. No one who sees that link is gonna want to click it. (laughs) that is that is the worst idea ever to materialize between the two of us yankbucks.com it's almost got to be a t-shirt 
because it could just keep talking. I got to find out how much inkbucks.com is. <laughs> Steve is about to be rich. He's going to be the owner of inkbucks.com. Holy hell, $5 a year? Is that good or bad? That's dirt. Dude, do you not know how much our URL costs? You no, just, I don't. You just pay the bill now, right? I don't know how much it costs. Uh, I pay, like, I think I pay to, to maintain my website. Uh, which has not been updated in several years. Uh, I think I pay like 30 or 40 bucks every two years. Okay. This is $5 for the first year with a two-year registration. That's I don't want to lose crazy. money. And it's a full.com too. Are you buying it? No, I'm not going to actually buy it. <laughs> I'm not a McElroy. <laughs> We don't have that McElroy money floating around. Okay. I don't know. See, what what do you value these two guitars at? We're back. We're back to a guitar show. If I podcast. convert this to Canadian, I feel like they're probably asking about six to seven hundred. I guess that's not too far off the mark. But we do think that number's made up, right? One, two, three, four. Yeah, yeah. I think that's made that up. That can't be that can't be. No, I, they say, don't be shy to shoot me an offer. They're basically saying, shoot me an offer. Uh, Yankbucks.com is going to cost me $11 a year. So basically, like, 5 bucks for the first year, uh, 18 bucks for the second year. And then after that, it's going to cost me... Um, oh, my gosh. 18 bucks a year. You don't need a that. website. You need a cryptocurrency. Dude, I have a website. I literally renew. No, I'm saying we've got to start Yank Bucks cryptocurrency. People aren't going to be talking about Bitcoin in you. They're going to be talking about Yank Bucks. You want? You're saying we should figure out. We should it's have It's the somebody, new Dogecoin. It's, should, it'll be popular just because of the name. Hey, man, Yank Bucks to the moon through if, the moon. If you're a coder, you know anything about how to code crypto? Let us know. We're, give, we're we we're looking for Yank Bucks. We wanna we wanna Yank Bucks is the current Yank Bucks is the best currency to uh buy, sell, and trade uh guitar gear without getting on that government watch list. I feel like we sh- Yank Bucks should just be slang for anything you buy with throwaway money. You're like, oh yeah, I just threw away more money on my hobby, more Yank Bucks. <laughs> it works. I'm going to say 600, man. Well, cuz I'm saying this is <laughs> this is $450 We're back. US, like 4 to 450 plus the cigar plus uh plus whatever else. I'm going to put this no one cares about the ad at this point. Canadian. People listening right now are just listening cuz they're watching monkeys fight in the zoo. Like Dude, that's I hope so. That's all this is. You're just watching animals in a cage. All right, get us out of the show, Steve. I don't want to do another ad. All right. This last ad was sent by Michael Krause. No. This is a uh, star mutated starfish. Uh, it's oh, some it home done art. Case. It comes with a case. This home done art. I do not understand this. This woman has a very long torso. She's laying down sideways because the art's the wrong direction. It's kind of a splatter paint job with kind of like custom painted guitar. You know, the in mutated starfish design, original style guitar, Pantera's Dimebag Daryl. All in working order. Case included. Reduced price, $150. I will say, if Dean put out 
a Lisa Frank dime bag, I would buy that. Like it had rainbows and unicorns. That shape needs that aesthetic ASAP. Let's get rid of the lightning bolts and the crazy stuff. And this is moving that direction. It's kind of a cutesy, like tween girl style drawing. I feel like it's not. I feel like they were trying to be sexy and just failed. They might have been going that direction. Uh, but it's got kind of that like. Yeah, I, I'm not going to say. I really think the person who's drawing this realized halfway through that like they were like, I'm really good at drawing boobs. I have no idea how to draw. <laughs> okay, so you think this is a boob thing? No, I, to me, this doesn't read. This doesn't read as male art. I think this was this was drawn by a woman. I mean, this is being sold by a woman, so that there's your answer then. I don't know, man. That's not a th no. Well, if it's a woman who drew it, she that's, was thinking that's that, not the way a horny teen draws boobs. That's that's fair, but then so then that is the giveaway, dude. Just because the the art on the guitar has boobs doesn't mean that some horny dude drew it. That's not how horny dudes draw I, boobs. Either way, this is a person who knew how to draw an upper body. And couldn't figure out how to draw a lower body. They definitely don't know how to draw feet or hands. <laughs> well, most people don't. They're not that hard. They're not that hard. And there's professional comic artists out there who don't know how to draw feet or hands. But apparently they're not that hard. They're they're you know, they're not easy, but it's not like it's not like a nose. Take Have you from, ever tried to draw a nose? Take it from failed graphic designer turned YouTuber. Right failed? Part. No, I'm just kidding. I was at the peak you, of my career, which you, wasn't anything too impressive, but no, I paid but the you bills. Were, you were very successful as far as, 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 far as, far graphic, as designers graphic designers go. go. That's true. I was probably in. Like, okay. You, you, I was for two years. You weren't working for Nickelodeon by any means, but I mean, you, sure, were, sure. you were making a living. Yeah. Which is more I than bought a, a house. lot of people. I make. bought a house. Which is more than making a living. Right. Now I feel like we need to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, this was sent by... We just got awkward. Uh, this was by... I'm, I was just giving you shit, man. <laughs> I'll take I'm it. I'm a mediocre scientist. You so. give it, I take it. Uh, this was sent by Clark Starace. He says... New we're, a, we're a meme right now. We're the... We're the <laughs> mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> Graphic design. Science. Mediocre. Mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay you guys screen grab that and meme that well we gotta hold it so we gotta <laughs> all right yeah, this yeah half of this has been a drunk cast new wiped out songs for a 60 cycle home podcast i can still read man it's not bad never mind Really love the shout out when you played the other songs well i'm giving you another shout out shout out Clark. shout out <laughs> I mean, I haven't I haven't used a toilet in a while, so uh, these songs come out on June fourth. Ooh, we're a little behind uh, on streaming platforms, but I wanted to send it to you a little early so you can try to slot them in on the show while they're still fairly new. Well, I mean, it, June is kind of close to October, I guess. Mm -hmm. Attached is an original called "Dude That Was Gnarly" and a cover of the Ventures classic "Walk Don't Run." Mm. I can honestly say. I think that it's the most slamming version of Walk Don't Run I've ever heard. I think you guys will like it. Well, guess what? We're going to listen to this cover of Walk Don't Run. And if it's not slamming enough, we're going to get cease and desisted by the Ventures. Mm. So we're trying to judge. 
slam or not slam. drummer that was was like that was that was that's like like the drummers at the wrong gig sort of situation (laughs) (laughs) like like the i like a drummer that just drops bombs instead of instead of babysitting the the cymbals you know like it was just like thud 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 Jesus, this is okay. So um, and I'm pr- when I say that, I'm not taking the Lord's name in vain. I'm praying. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna do say two things. One, if you made it this far, leave a comment in the YouTube. Or if you made whatever. it this far, leave a, a rating and review on iTunes. Yeah. You you earned it. <laughs> whatever that means. Um, like say whatever you want. And then two, we were not nearly this good, uh, but that song is how I felt at CoFest. No, the co-down. Sorry, the co-down. <laughs> when you started doing um, uh, the cake take on I Will Survive. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I feel like I looked around at the three people, five people who were there, and they recognized that we connected and that I knew that you were playing the cake version and just started dropping that sick, sick bass. Mm. <laughs> oh, it was so, so sick. sick. It was so sick he threw up. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's because I had too much to drink. Uh, no, it, I mean, it just that was that was rad. Thanks, yeah. Clark. Oh, that was that was that was a treat. Yeah, thank you. I, when it first started, I was like, uh, okay, a little okay. Oh my god! <laughs> like I I fully believe that if if I was at a show and someone played that live, like there would be a mosh pit starting to form. Yeah, that was rad. Yeah, I want I want a whole album of that. Well, there, 
there are other songs. I know. There's another song that we didn't play. I know, but you I want, want you want to play it. No, I want like this this like mosh pit surf vibe. Yeah, like that was yeah. cool. That was cool. All right, bye everyone. Stay grounded.